You are now listening to the Coast to Coast Podcast with Flex and Dan. Dan. I'm ready to brine ya. this at 5 p.m. Arizona time. Suns just wrapped up their first official seeding game, uh, and they wrapped it up with a victory, man. And uh, it, it was a it was a pretty uh, uh, it was back and forth a little bit, but it, you know, at the end of the day, it was a pretty impressive victory. Uh, they took care of business, even if it did take if they did have to fight a little bit harder than normal. Uh, Flex, what do you think, man? I'm with you, my brother. One one and no is one and no, right? We take it how you take how they come. So, you know, um, I'm hundred percent with you. It was a, a maybe a little bit more stressful than I would have liked for the type of competition and and the expectation that I had I had for this team, which I think is, you know, no nonsense. Let's go out there and handle our business. And at the beginning it kind of felt like we were at Talker Sticker Resort Resine or Resort Arena, right? Like, you know, we were kind of Seeing things window away. So, yeah, I'm excited, man. We got the win, 125-112. And I'll take any 10-point win against any NBA team. So, I'm not going to I'm not gonna nitpick. Yeah, I, I, man, I was uh, I was in full first on Twitter today. I, I got I, – man, it didn't take me long to get dark, man. You know, they jumped out to that lead. Um, they jump out to a nice little lead. They squander it. They, they're down a couple points. Um, DA looked really lethargic in the first half. I didn't like his energy on defense. Um, I feel like he looked more like rookie DA on defense than, than this year's improvement. Um, and then I looked at the box score at halftime, and he, had, he only had six points, but he had ten rebounds, three uh, three assists, and two blocks. So I'm like, God damn, like that's crazy. Um, but you know, still, still didn't like any of it. Um, I, I'm going to give a, a lot of credit to Mikel Bridges, man. I, I think it was 44 to 42 or 46 to 44. It was one of those two. Um, we scored to tie the game and then Mikel Bridges, we got a steal on the inbound and Mikel Bridges, uh, synced a, a corner three or a, a three from the elbow. That was huge. Um, and that kind of, him and Book going. was laughing. Him and Book was laughing. Yeah. They, they, they were kind of like, all right, here we go. Uh, they went on a 16 0 run and, uh, and yeah, man, they, uh, they carried that momentum into halftime. Yeah, no, I, I agree, man. It was, you know, here's the thing. Here's how I'm going to frame this, uh, Dan. So I'm watching the game. And I totally expect us to, to win the game. I expect us to be the better team. I mean, you're playing Washington without John Wall, without Brad Beal, without David Bertans, and your best player is Rui Hachimura. Um, yeah, that guy Ish Smith and Jerome Robinson, they're pest. You know what I mean? And they, <laughs> it may, Yeah, they made things difficult, more difficult than it should have been. But I'll frame it like this. Um, I, I went into the game not necessarily worrying about a win. I, I kind of felt very confident that we would win. But it was one of those games where I kind of wanted more of a statement. It was like, yo, I, I don't want to just win today. I want to, I want to win by twenty-five. You know, I want to win by thirty. And we didn't quite get that. Um, and it was one of those weird games where it felt like we were one punch away from making it a thirty-point game. Like it was like fifteen, sixteen, and I could feel it. And I'm like, all right, if we can never get this to twenty, twenty-two, this is a wrap. It's just gonna get out of control. 
and then we'll just let them go on a little five zero run, six zero run, and they kind of kept hovering around. So, so weird game. Um, but like I said, man, I'll, I'll take a opening night of the seeding game, thirteen point win. Um, if you don't mind me, I want to touch on the DA thing. Um, yeah, yeah, please, so, by all means, talk me know, down, man, because uh, no, no, I mean you, you <laughs> my, yeah, listen, you I my was guy, critical, man. No, you my guy, and I, I'm 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 ninety nine point nine percent with you, bro. Um, it was a weird game. Like I said the same thing. I'm I, at the half. I'm looking at things, and I'm like, damn. You know, the whole game it felt weird. Like he was fumbling passes. Felt like he could never grab a rebound. It felt like every time he hit a bounce pass, it was just missing his grasp. And I've seen him have some of these games this year, where I remember one game in particular was a game on the road in Washington. I mean, not Washington in Chicago. It was a game on the road in Chicago where where it just felt like at the beginning he couldn't do anything right. He kept fumbling things. And then at the end of that game, I think he ended with 29 and 19. It was like, oh, man. So this is what this felt like. It felt like you had to have, like you say, you're saying that. And then you're looking at the boss and you're like, damn, DA is doing all right. And then at the end of the game, you look and it's like 24 points, 12 rebounds, three assists, two blocks, 80% from the field, 66% from three. And you're like, two, you're two like, oh. from three. Yeah, you're like, oh, man, this guy had a whale of a game. But, you know, so, like, you know, there's an old baseball saying, uh, and you'll probably appreciate this because you're a baseball guy, but there's an old baseball saying that says, they're all line drives in a box score. Uh, absolutely. Okay? Right? So you can hit a little dribbler down the line, and when you look at the box score, it comes up as a hit, and in your mind, it's a line drive. So, you know, when you look at this box score, you're going to say, wow, D.A. played a well of a game. Uh, well, honestly, I think he played about 50% to what he normally can play. And if this is 50% of DeAndre Ayton, man, I mean, wow, D. <laughs> I, people are going to say he didn't have a free throw. And quite frankly, I'm, I'm not going to – I'm not even going to entertain that. I'm going to try to curb my tongue today <laughs> so I don't so I don't piss nobody off. But uh, well, I just kind of – but uh, – yeah, I'm not gonna go there with the no free throws, man. I am, I am. I, I don't right, care man, about no free throws, throws, man. You know what? I, I'm tired of it. What the hell do you want? Okay, you want him to be more aggressive. Fine. Um, so you're telling me if he averages five or six free throws a game, that makes him a more efficient scorer, a better scorer. Um, you want aggression? Okay. You know what? He was aggressive. He was two of three from three point uh, from 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 the three line today. Um, he was efficient on offense. Um, so you're telling me that it's better for him to go up for a shot, get fouled, miss the shot, and get two free throws <laughs> right. other than him making – or, you know, he has enough body control, he has enough finesse, enough touch to make a shot. Maybe he doesn't get fouled, but he makes the shot. He doesn't get the free throws, but guess what? He has two points. So I, I don't know what the hell people want. Like, okay, is it – is it normal? Is it? Is it? It's not. No, it's not conventional for a big man not to have a free throw in a game. I get it, but if you're that efficient shooting the ball or, or in, in the paint, what the hell does it matter, man? No, I, I, the, I don't understand what the hell these stat nerds want, man. Okay, I, I, I get everybody's gripe with DeAndre. You know, I, I saw it today. He doesn't play with any heart. I wish Dario's heart was an eight. Look, man, I mean, it is what it is. You know, I don't think DeAndre Ayton doesn't have heart. I think he has plenty of heart. Does Dario Sarge play a little bit harder than DA? Yes. You know why? Because he has to. He doesn't have the 
talent that DeAndre Ayton has. That's just plain and simple, man. People need to stop overthinking this shit. And it's 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 getting to the point where it's ridiculous. Look, I, I, I and I get the criticism. I was there. You can look at my Twitter. I was all over it in the first half. He didn't look good on defense. He looked like DeAndre Ayton from his rookie season on defense. Uh, but he picked it up a little bit. Um, he, he improved. And that's what you want to see. And people kept saying, you know, people always say the reason why people want Jaron Jackson over DeAndre Ayton is because Jaron Jackson shoots threes. Guess what? DeAndre Ayton was two of three from three-point field goals today. Okay. So so what now? So so what's the Hold on, can now? I, what, can what are you going to bitch about now? Well, can I can I tell you something about that comment you just made? Go ahead. I, I'm going to tell you something that's going to blow your mind. You know how many three-pointers Jaron Jackson took today? I'm going to say six. Fifteen. No. Yes. He took 15 three. Took them. There's, there's yes. no way. Yeah, I watched, I watched, I watched every second of the game. I recorded it. Oh my God. All right. And and that's a joke. So he was six for 15 from three today. So that's what you want. Is that what is that what we want? So is that what we want? We want DeAndre to shoot. Oh so my God. I, I'm telling you. 15 threes. 15 three pointers, right? Now that's hey, but. Hey, not, that's not, 40%, not his... man. That's 40%. People right, are going to love that right, shit. Right. They're they they going to love it. They're going to say he shot 40%, but I'm going to say you're a big man that refuses to play like a big man. You're playing so <laughs> and he, had, he got three. He got three rebounds. Wonderful. Right. He got three three rebounds. See what I'm saying? So, you know, I want to hear people talk about that stuff, man. It's like, Okay, so check this out. Uh, you ready? Uh, Papa? Yeah, I mean, th- three rebounds. So he took 15 threes and he had three rebounds. If DeAndre did something like that, we'd never hear the end of it. Um, oh, my so, God. You know what's another thing, D-Man, that's overrated about that? I was I was going to leave it alone. I was going to let you put the nail in that <laughs> one. But, but now, you know, here's the thing, man. A lot of times, and, and this is just from my experience of playing basketball, coaching, training, being around the game my whole life. A lot of times, uh, these people that get to the free throw line a lot, there's a reason for it. It's because that that's the way they've been brought up. That's the way they played their whole life. And, and nine out of ten times, if you're really good at getting to the free throw line, it's because you're really not a good shooter. And you've designed your game to find a way to get points. So you get points by banging, by, by, by doing certain things, playing the referees. And Now, that's not every situation. Charles Barkley was a really good shooter, and he was really dominant again to the free throw line. Okay, um, that's what makes you a Hall of Famer, though. <laughs> yeah, when you can get to the free throw line and you can shoot, okay, now that equals superstar. Um, the thing with DeAndre Ayton is that DeAndre Ayton can get thirty points a game without getting to the free throw line. That's astronomical. That is, yo, Dan, do you, you know, there aren't too many people on planet Earth that can get 30 points in a basketball game and not shoot a free throw. <laughs> like, you know, show me anyone that got 30 points in a basketball game, and I guarantee you they got free throws. So Jaron Jackson today, he had 33 points. He went to the free throw line. He went nine He went nine times to the line. So it took him nine free throw attempts and 13 three-pointers. I mean, and 15 three-point attempts. And a bunch of other garbage to get his 33 points. With DeAndre Ayton got his 24 and shot 80%. And, bro, I don't even know what DA, what his exact box score was. But, okay, DA took 78%. 14 total shots. It's 78% on 14 total shots. 
Now, what he took for the game is less than what this guy took from the three line. Yeah, come on, man. I, I don't want to talk about it, man. DeAndre. That's. Yeah, I, I don't want to talk about it. It's, oh, you know, I had no, I had no idea. They, it's absurd. They, that's not a. That is not a fucking power forward. No, no. You're 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 finesse. You're a finesse soft dude that just wants to shoot three pointers like that. I don't want three rebounds. Like, come on, man. I, if I ever hear anyone compare DeAndre and Jan Jackson, they're losing their basketball card. They're losing their, in my eyes, they're losing their right to talk basketball with me. Like, I don't even want to hear it, man. You, you can't do it. You can't do it. So, that's what's going to be the talk, though. You know, the talk. Yeah. It's fun. It, it's fun. Go ahead, D. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You go. No, it's, it's, it's just, it's the analytical nerds, man. And analytics, I, I, I don't know a ton about analytics. I do, I, I can appreciate it. Anytime people have, I'm a numbers guy, man. Um, my whole life I've been a, a math nerd and, you know, I, I'm a baseball stat nerd, you know, so I love numbers. Uh, but I think people get way too involved in the analytics, man. And if you have a power forward slash center that's shooting 15 threes in a game and grabbing three rebounds, you're telling me that's good. No. <laughs> and I don't care if he shot 40%. Yes. He, he made six of them. He shot 15 Three, dude, I'm, I'm, my mind is blown right now. Yeah, well, here's the thing, you know, me and you, I mean, right now, out of this podcast, let's go to an empty court. I give you 15 threes. You, you'll make six. <laughs> if, if it takes six, uh, 15 sure, shots shit, to so. make six, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not even impressive to me. That 40% is not impressive. You know, you, sh- you know, it's, it's just... I don't, I don't, I know people are going to say, oh, flex, 40% is 40%. I'm like, I'm like, nah, man, I'm, I'm not digging that. It took you 15 shots to get to 40%. Like, so, you know, if you take some of those away, nah, I, I just, listen, you know, it's another thing about the analytics, D, is that it doesn't measure something you just said earlier. It doesn't measure hard. So I'll give you some, there wasn't analytics when I was coming playing ball. I mean, it was always somebody trying to break into that avenue. But when I played ball, and, and again, I played with the McDonald's All-American MVP, Shaheen Holloway, in high school. Um, you know, this guy was the MVP in the game Kobe Bryant played in 1996 games. So I, I played with some legit guys where analytics, if they had at that time, would have put a whole different picture on some of these guys. But the point I'm trying to make, D, is I'll give you an example. There was a kid that I played with in high school. For the most part, and, and I remember this vividly, in high school, this guy, during the season, he only missed four free throws during the whole high school season. He was little. He was statistically our best free throw shooter. Wow. Right? But I tell you what, two of those four free throws that he missed were to win games. Okay? All Ouch. right? So, so, so. Crack into the pressure. Right. So, so you know, analytics ain't going to show you that. Analytics are going to sit here. They're a bunch of numbers that screw it in your, in your favor. But it, it ain't going to measure heart, man. And the reality is, is that at the, the stats at that time, and if I remember, I remember vividly, there was a uh, there was a technical or something, and he went up there by himself, and he you know, he just didn't get it done by himself in the line. He froze. And so that's what I'm saying. Analytics don't tell you the whole picture, man. They don't measure heart. And DeAndre Ayton, bro, is doing stuff um, that – I don't care what the analytics say is not normal for a 22 year old kid um, that's still learning how to play. And imagine when he learns how to shoot free. Imagine when he learns how to actually get seven, eight free throws a game. 
You're talking about a guy that could put up 35 every night then. So it is what it is, though. I don't even think it's worth much more of our time to entertain what these guys are talking about with this. Yeah, you know, we the- spent uh, we spent a lot of time on it already. And I think that'll come with time, right? He's still he's in his third second year. Season. No, second. Gonna- Fuck. Second it feels season. like his third season after it that It feels like the third because huh? of the layoff, right. But he's a uh, Yeah, he's in his second season, man. And – and can you call like, this the second season? He played 30 games. No, I mean, it is what it is. But when people see how efficient he is, people start fouling him. People are going to – that's when it will come. So people need to get the hell off the – and I feel like it's, it's, it's a narrative thing, right? If it's a narrative, people see that shit on Twitter. People see – there's people on there with lots of followers that say, hey – Look at all these free throws that he's, you know, he, he's not getting. He's not make. He can make X amount of threes, but if he doesn't get make any or get any uh, free throw attempts, what's the point? And I'm like, look, it's all a narrative, man. It, it's gonna, it'll even itself out. Uh, and that's all I'm gonna say about it, man. So yeah. let's uh, let's move on from that. Um, you know what, man? Devin Booker is really good at basketball. <laughs> God damn! I was hoping you say that. And you know what? And and since we were just on the uh, on the uh, topic of free throws, you mentioned how there's certain players that can use that to their advantage, right? That know how to bait people into fouls or know how to. Devin Booker, man, had nine free throw attempts, and you're talking about somebody who's who's automatic from the line, nine for nine, um, twenty seven okay. points. Dude was dude was on fire. Um, and you know what's crazy is he was a couple of – he talked about, you know, when we wanted to, to push the lead over to 20, right? There was a couple threes that he took, man, that were in and out. Man, I'm like, you had 35 this game. And it's just like, ah. Oh, and, and they were good looks too. And, yeah. he, you know, you, you can see him too. You can see him laugh about it and, like, kind of, you know, smile it off because, you know, he knew. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like this guy just – it almost looked like he's bored out there because he's just – you know, it's, it's easy. It comes easy for him, man. So, uh, Devin Booker, man, not missing a step, uh, not missing a beat. The layoff did not help him. For all you people out there bitching and complaining about him hanging out with Kendall Jenner, he's fine. Um, I don't think that's going to bother him. So, if you guys want to go ahead and, uh, you know, think the world is ending because uh, Devin Booker's, you know, doing his thing with Kendall Jenner, um, I think you can put that to rest because – uh, man, the, the guy just, damn, the guy's just good. And and you saw it because when he came out of the game, every time he would come out of the game, that's when Washington would make their run and the offense would get a little stagnant. Um, but, yeah, man, 27 points, five rebounds, four assists. Um, just, I mean, didn't have a great day uh, shooting the ball, 38%, 8 of 21. Uh, but, like I said, nine for nine from the free throw line, um, and he was a plus 24. So, I, I think uh, – yeah. I don't know what else to say, man. I'm at a loss for words. I, there's there's no words that can explain how good uh, D-Book's been. Yeah, I mean, you know, you said it. He's really good at basketball, man. This guy was put on, <laughs> Scott, this guy was put on this earth to be, you know, an unbelievable offensive specimen. Um, I've been watching basketball a long time, man, and, and I'm telling you, D, man, um, you know, it isn't because he plays for the Phoenix Suns, man. <laughs> De- Devin Booker... Devin Booker is just unreal, man, offensively. And I call him Mini Mamba for a reason, man. I really think he's the closest thing offensively with the whole package to to, to uh, Kobe Bryant in the league. And I don't say that lightly, man, because I, I absolutely adore Kobe Bryant. 
Um, but yeah, like you said, man, 27.5 rebounds, four assists, one steal. He didn't shoot great today, but you know, he picked his spots. And it, it felt like, like you said, it felt like every time the you know the, he put the train back on the track and we would go up 15, 16, and then you know, he'd step aside and they'd go back down to six or seven and he kinda he kind of just, okay, it's time for me to take over again. So so he was kind of picking his spots, man. I love seeing it. I love seeing it. I love seeing the maturity for him to say, I'm gonna let y'all try to figure this out by yourselves. And then if y'all can't, then I'll be Superman because I, I know I can do that. And, and that's literally what he did. He came out to start the fourth, and that lead was 15-16, and it got down to an eight. And then before you know it, Devin Booker comes back in two minutes into the game. We're back up 15-16, and the job is done. And, and so that's the maturation of Book. And here's the thing. Maybe younger Book would, would try to, uh, like, take over – a little bit sooner. And I think he's picking his spots and he's realizing he's like, yo, I can, if I wait a little bit and I kind of let them get out of their own hole, this is better for the team. You know what I'm saying? It's just better for the team. So yeah, man, Devin Book is amazing. God bless him. I love him. I hope, I hope there's a statue of this kid out there, but you know, let's, let's, uh, let's just continue to stay focused on, on what's at hand. And we got game one out the way. Uh, my man campaign was plus 21, right? I mean, did we touch on that yet? <laughs> no, that's actually the next thing. I got, go I, ahead, I got, go ahead, brother. Go ahead. I got to go stick, uh, I got to take the, my, my foot out of my mouth, man. Cause, uh, last pod I, I came out and batted the said campaign fucking sucks. And, uh, he played, he played well today, man. I, I was impressed. Um, you know, all over the place on defense, picking up full court. Um, creating some shots for himself. He has a nice, he has a nice little touch in the mid range. Um, so you know what, credit where credit is due, man. I'll always do that. Um, you know, if I shit on a player, I'll definitely come back and and um, you know praise him the next game if he does well. So that was definitely a good thing to see, man. Especially since you know there's not really a lockdown on that second guard position. Um, I know you like Javon Carter. Um, I, I like Javon as well. I like Javon more on the defensive side, though. Um, I love his energy defensively. And, you know, he can shoot the three. He didn't shoot the three particularly well today. I don't think he knocked one down. I could be wrong. But, um, yeah, man, uh, a campaign definitely proved me wrong. And then uh, another guy, I mean, the other Cam, Cam Johnson, man, he had 10 points in the first quarter, four for four from the field. It was it was great, man. I, I man, I, I can't stress it enough how, how, how happy I am that Cam Johnson is on this team. And another thing, and it goes along with the Cam Johnson thing, he started over Dario Saric. Man, how great does Dario look coming off the bench? He looks phenomenal. I mean, everybody complains about our bench and our bench depth. I think Saric off the bench is does wonders for us, man. It's not that black hole that we go into anytime the bench comes up comes in. I agree. 100%. I think Dario, Dario off the bench unlocks a different part of his game. Um, and I, and I like it. I, I, he's still aggressive. He's a pro. Sometimes these pros, you know, they take it personally when they got to come off the bench. It changes something about the way they approach the game, but Dario's a pro. He's, he's, he's a grown man and he understands that regardless, he's got a job to do whether it's starting or coming off the bench. So I like, um, I like off the bench, Sarich. I'm going to follow suit, my brother, and I'm going to do exactly what you did. I'm going to issue a public apology to my man Cameron Johnson, a.k.a. Champagne. 
I mean, I'm sorry, campaign, aka champagne. My man came out here and bought out today, man. I mean, listen, he had <laughs> nine points, three rebounds, two assists, two steals, one block. He was all over the box score. Uh, plus 21. Energy was in- incredible. A lot of basically every time he was on the court, something good was happening. Um, whether it was him doing it or him being part of it. And that's the type of stuff you need from your backup point guard. Um, I was a little surprised, I'll be honest with you, going into the game when I saw Cam come off the bench as the first guy backing up uh, Ricky. I was a little bit pissed off. <laughs> I, was, I, I was like, what is Monty doing? Why are we doing this? Like, I, I, and I just finished saying the other day, not that Monty listens to us, but, you know, I'm, I was sitting here telling you, right? I didn't want to see no Ty Jerome. I didn't want to see Elliot Coba. I didn't want to see campaign. Um, and then I saw him, and then I'm thinking to myself, I'm saying, here we go again. This is why Javon Carter could never get comfortable because he keep playing with his emotions. But then, um, you know, you start to realize that there's a bigger picture here. And the bigger picture is, is that we don't have Kelly Oubre to fill in a lot of these minutes at the two and the three. And so now Javon is looked at more as Booker's backup as opposed to Ricky's. You get what I'm saying? And that's really what's, what's Mont, what Monty's doing. He's playing campaign primarily behind Rick, and he's bringing J.C. to get Booker a rest. And that's normally not the case. And I'm not a big fan of J.C. at the two, but I guess you got to do what you got to do, right? I mean, you you don't got Kelly, so so that's the, that's the cards we're dealt, and that's what we're doing. So I'm cool with it, man. Um, shout out to campaign, man. I, I, I hope he can translate that over Sunday. And if he does, maybe maybe we got some cooking here, bro. But uh, yeah, man. Overall, good stuff, man. You know, uh, last thing I'll say is D is 125 points for the team. We out rebounded them, 37 rebounds. We had more assists, 29. We had more steals with 10. We shot 52 percent from the field. I think Mikel Bridges is gonna catch everybody's flack in the hotel because he's the only one that missed free throws. With 95 percent from the, from the line or something like that. As a team, which is incredible, that's impeccable, and then thirty-four percent from three as a team, which is much better than what we've been seeing. So, um, I'm 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 impressed, man. I'm I'm okay with it. I'll take it. I think we could have done better, but I'll take it, D. Funny, I was thinking the same thing you were when I saw Campaign being the first uh, first player off the bench. Uh, and, and you know, if if Monty Williams does listen to our podcast. <laughs> hey, coach! Congratulations on your 200th win as a as a head coach in the NBA. Ooh, um, great! Didn't know that. Uh, yeah, just uh, just you know, great great job on that. Uh, hopefully, many more to come. If you do listen uh, again, Harry Dottie does. But hey, you never know. Never know. Uh, so, yeah, man, it's 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 good to get a W. Like I said, uh, I, I man, I. This team needs to make the playoffs so I can get out of that dark mode, man. Because, <laughs> oh, my God. I, I had to hide my phone so I would stop sending tweets. And I didn't want to start sending right. text messages. I know I sent you a couple text messages. You did. I, like, felt oh, God, I, felt God, I felt it. And I felt it. I felt it. Oh, I felt it through the phone, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. yeah, man. It was. Uh, it's one of those things where um, I hope those, you know, I just hope there's better times because it's. You know, get, getting stressed out over a uh, over a win over the Washington Wizards without their three best players is uh, it's not good for anybody's health. You know what I mean? 
Right. I mean, you know, again, no D, man, you deserve to, what you're feeling is legit, man. I mean, you've, you've been going through a lot and you're a season ticket holder, man. You're, you're there, you're watching it, you're invested. You know, you're you're actually really invested. I give a lot of shout out to season ticket holders, man. It's different than just sitting there watching it on TV for free, you know. So um, I would feel the same way, man. But what I will say is that is that you can sense the change is coming. You know why? Because I, I don't, you know, again, we, we're actually nitpicking a 13-point win. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, that's sign of improvement. You get that's what I'm key. saying? That's when you can nitpick a 13-point win, that means that the expectation level is changing. And we're, we're expecting more, and they are too. Because I don't think they're in the locker room celebrating this. I think they're all in the hotel like, man, we should have won by 30. And that's, yep. that's a good sign. That's a good sign. And I'll do you one better. I think last season they lose this game. Yeah. So. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. There's that, man. So that was uh, that. That wraps up the first game of the uh, of the eight game seating. Uh, the you know the seating games. So the NBA got started last night, man. Uh, opening night, and it started with the Jazz and the and the Pelicans. The Jazz knocked off the Pelicans in a close game. Which definitely helps out the Suns because that's one of the teams we need to jump if we want to, you know, defy the odds and make the playoffs. Um, but interesting storyline, man, is Zion Williamson on a minutes restriction. Fifteen, he was restricted to fifteen minutes a game. Uh, Alvin Gentry's catching a lot of flack for it because they're saying, you know what? Why didn't you save some of those minutes for the last, you know, three four minutes of the game? Uh, maybe he could have made a difference, but. I think the real storyline here is, man, is, is when the hell is Zion Williamson going to play? He's 19 years old, 19, 20 years old, and he has been proclaimed the next major superstar in the NBA. So much that, I mean, let's, let's just be real. The NBA and all these big media outlets want to see him take over, want to see him and the Pelicans take over the Grizzlies for that eight seed to put him up against the Lakers. But but what the hell for if he's not going to play, man? I, I don't I don't understand this. Uh, it takes me back to you know the whole Kelly thing. Like you can't just bubble wrap everybody and not play them. So it, it, I I equate it to the guy you know the fifty five year old guy that buys a Lamborghini right and only <laughs> takes it out on the weekends, never drives it, ends up dying and the car has fifteen hundred miles on it. The hell did you spend that much money for on a on, on a Lamborghini if you're not going to drive it, man? Um, that's that's what I think of it. Um, I I get the whole the future is more important, but Zion's not he's not happy about this, man. You're just pissing off your young star in year one, and yeah. you already had one superstar leave leave. It's like they didn't learn from that experience. I don't know, man. What say you? <laughs> I love hearing I love I love hearing you rant, brother. I love it. I love it because you're hitting it right on the nose. I mean, I I don't even know how to follow that up. You 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 basically said everything I wanted to say, and I will say this: um, 15 minutes for a guy that's healthy, that's got no real injury concerns, um, is a little bit alarming. Um, I will say this too. I had some conversations earlier today with uh, a couple of my sources. And I will say regarding this one thing is there's something that was brought to my attention today. And um, I think it's a bigger 
It's a bigger story than it's going to be let out to be. So uh, Zion was a minus 16 yesterday, okay, in 15 minutes. And what I'm hearing, um, and this again, this is this is somebody, a source of mine who, you know, from time to time may hear some things and he'll relay them to me. And um, what I'm hearing is that they're frustrated with his defensive knowledge right now. Um, I don't know how much I buy into that because here's the thing. I was looking at the game, and as a Suns fan, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at and, uh, you know, I'm vested because of the outcome of the game. But, you know, towards the end of the game, I'm sitting here, and I'm like, you know, that Brandon Ingram shot could have been a lot cleaner if Zion was just on the court as a decoy, as, as a lob threat or something. You know what I mean? So that's not defense. <laughs> you get what I mean? Like, so, you know, it's, it's, it's something's going on there, bro. Something's going on. I know he, he came out public today and he said he's frustrated. He almost said it yesterday. He was like, I don't, I feel good. I don't know why they hold me back. So um, I'm tired of hearing about it. I, I got to start seeing it, man. Like, you know, you got these polls where they got, Zion is the fifth best player in the league ahead of Devin Booker. And and I'm like, you know, Devin Booker plays every night, man. And this this kid hasn't this kid doesn't he hasn't even played 20 minutes yet. He's, know, played I, I, nine, he's played 19 games in his career, man. That's what I'm saying. It's it's, it's absurd, man. So I, I kind of wanna I wanna get past the hype. I kind of wanna see the kid go out there and take off the, you know, take off the kid gloves and let him go 30, 35 minutes and see what's up, man, because that's the future of the NBA, man. I'm itching to see it. So um, I'm interested to see what the next game holds, man. But uh, I will say again, I, we'll see how that develops. But I was told that the Pelicans are not happy with his defensive IQ. And I will say another thing. Uh, he doesn't come from a program that's very respected on defense. You know, Duke, Duke, sure. never, Duke never plays defense. <laughs> They're not, that's not and- their thing, man. Yeah, and the one thing I'll say in, in college, I, I was I was able to watch a few of his games in college, and he was very active on defense, which was great. And his, you know, first, uh, although a small sample size, the first nineteen games of his NBA career, he was he was very active on defense as well. Had some block shots. Um, last night, he was not good on defense, man. Mm-hmm. He, he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, he was actually not good at all. Um, and that's that's a big thing, man, especially with rookies. But that still doesn't explain why he only played 15 minutes. Yeah, no. And why he's on these uh, limit uh, uh, minute restrictions. And, and another thing, you know, everybody's like, oh, he looks a little overweight. It, it, am I wrong? I think it was like three, four weeks ago, people were shitting themselves because they saw a picture of him mm-hmm. after a gym session and he looked ripped. So let me, first of all, let me tell all you guys as a, as a regular gym goer, not right now because. Our governor's an asshole <laughs> right. and wants to close gyms. When you work out, right after you work out, take you all swole. the pictures you want, man. Yeah, you're, 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 you had that pump going. Yeah. So guess what? That 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 falls off after about an hour or so. So um, I think the, the thing was we needed to pump our brakes back then because he was he got all kinds of love and everybody's oh man, what the NBA watch out. This guy's coming and he, he's on a minute restriction the first game. I don't know, man. I, I don't understand. Maybe, you know, maybe that's above my pay grade. But at the same time, um, if you have this up and coming superstar, and and I don't want to bring up his name, but you don't see Luka Doncic on a minutes restriction, right? 
Right. He, he's yeah, and that's fair. That's fair. And, you know, all that's these fair. people, all these people ranking Zion so high. I mean, hey, if you're gonna rank them that high, you gotta compare him to Luca, right? Luca and Trey, they're not on many restrictions. John Moran ain't on John Moran ain't on one. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you, D. I'm with you hundred percent. I don't get it, I don't understand it. I think they they they're handling them with kick gloves, they're babying them way too much. And um I, I don't I don't I'm gonna tell you, I'm fascinated with this, Dan, because they're the closest threat to Memphis going into it. Yesterday, to me, in my eyes, they were the closest threat. And they had a ball game sitting right in front of them where you got to try to win as many as you can. I mean, this is a team that the NBA wants to get in. I mean, they basically tailor-made this. They, they put this right on their plate. You know, it's like a layup for them to try to get in. They put all the rules to favor them. Um, I think Josh said that yesterday. I don't know if you heard that comment Josh said, but Josh's yeah. like, yo, you know, they didn't do the eighth seed any favors here. Teams got to make up one game, and they get to, they get to challenge us for it. So, um, and that's the Zion rule. You know, the NBA wants Zion in, and and they had a chance, and they played him 15 minutes. So that's that's mind boggling, bro. I, I can't put my finger on it. So let's see how this develops, but that's going to be interesting, though. Yeah, put on a tee for them. And real quick about Jaw, look, Jaw. Jaw's a hell of a player, man. He's going to be Rookie of the Year. He should be a unanimous Rookie of the Year, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but the whole, hey, they didn't do us any favors. I think they did him a huge favor. Because if you're going to play 17 more games and the and you have the hardest schedule and the Pelicans have the, the easiest, guess what, man? You ain't making the playoffs, especially because Jaron Jackson Jr. was hurt. And they had, uh, I think, another one of their key players was hurt as well. Yeah. Um, Damn, was it Dylan Brooks? I think it was Dylan Brooks that was hurt. It was Dylan um, Brooks. Somebody was hurt. So one of the key players was hurt. So I mean, this whole they're doing us a disservice, bro. Win, win three or four games, you'll be all right. And, and yeah, them no, losing, right. them losing to the Blazers today didn't do them. They blew a lead to the Blazers today, so that didn't do them any 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 favors. So, so yeah, man. Uh, we'll see I what agree. happens. I agree. Uh, moving on, the second game, uh, much or most people are hoping that it's a Western conference finals preview between the Lakers and the Clippers. And it did not disappoint, man. It came down to the uh, last two possessions, last three possessions, really Lakers were up by three. Um, Paul George hit a huge three, uh, which is shocking because Paul George never hits any big shots. Um, and then LeBron James came down, was looking for contact, threw up a off balance shot, uh, which uh, don't like because you know what in a game that close he shouldn't be looking for a whistle um got his own rebound and 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 uh, and put it in and uh but the most impressive part about it man is after they got that two-point lead um clipper ball and he shut i mean he clamped he clamped Kawhi leonard and you can see the disgust on Kawhi leonard's face when he couldn't get the shot off right he said damn it and he threw the ball to paul george and then lebron jumped right on paul george and um, that was it, man. Um, it just shows you everybody wants to say Giannis and Kawhi, best player in the world. And I hate that he's a Laker, man, but just LeBron James at 35 years old, just showing everybody that he is uh best player. That's still the best player in the world. Uh, maybe 36 years old. He might be older than that, but, um, much to the chagrin of, uh, Justin for fanning the flames because he hates LeBron James. So, <laughs> um, yeah, man, what, what did you think of that, uh, of that intense game? Um, you know, the first game back for them. Man, it was a lot of fun. I, I was, as a basketball purist, bro, I was a kid at, kid at a candy store, man. I was sitting at home, and it, 
for a minute, you forget about the pandemic a little bit. You forget about all the economic stuff. You forget about all the, you know, racial injustice. And I felt good to not have to think about that stuff and just watch some basketball, good basketball, you know, Clippers, Lakers. That's, it felt, it felt genuine. If, like I said, for two and a half hours, I was able to lock my mind out of what's really going on in this world. And, and that's the beauty of sports, right? That's why we, that's why we love sports. That's why we watch. That's why we listen. Um, so it was a lot of fun. It lived up to the hype. Um, I I was really impressed with both teams, man. I got to say, like, you got to remember, the Lakers are without Rondo and Avery Bradley, and the Clippers are without Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell. So you got both teams that are missing quality players, um, and they were able to go out there night one with all the emotion and put on a show, man. Um, I actually thought the Clippers had the game wrapped up somewhere around the middle of the third quarter, and then it shifted. Um, like you said, LeBron James, man, what can you say, bro? 35, 36, whatever he is. There's 25-year-olds, you know, in the NBA that can't do what that man just did. You know, follow up your own shot, get the winning basket, and then D up Kawhi Leonard, clamp him, high pick-and-roll situation. Doesn't want to go over and under, just decides to switch and decides I'm going to D Paul George, too. <laughs> you know, that's incredible, man. Like, that's, yo, bro, that is, and you're talking about out there high, too. He was on the island, man. Like, he yeah. was on the island both times. And um, very impressive, man. And and I like I liked the energy, man. So, shout out to the NBA. Shout out to the Lakers. I'm hoping this is the Western Conference Finals. For my money, I'm still going to roll with the Clips, though. I still, think, I do. I just still think the Clips are the better team. I think when you get everybody back, when you get Lou Will, correct me, man. What's going on with Montrez? I can't, I can't kind of put my finger on that. He, do you know what's going on with Montrez? He left the bubble as well. He left I don't know the bubble, right? I, I know he left the bubble, but I'm not sure for what. It doesn't matter. I don't know if he's back or not. I'm not. Yeah, I don't I, remember seeing him come yeah, he's back. back. Right, I think he still has to come back and go through the initial quarantine. Yeah, the, if he's been testing every day, he'll have to still do four four uh, four days of quarantine. Um, if he hasn't been testing every day, he has to go through ten days of quarantine. Ten days, so. correct. I don't think they're too worried about getting people. I think they're just they're kind of just going through the motions and trying to get everybody up to speed and up until the playoffs start. Uh, yeah, which makes sense, right? They're not the you know they're not trying to to get in or anything like that, but. I think you hit it right on the head, man. As far as depth goes, I don't think anybody. I don't think the. Uh, I don't think the Lakers can really match up, depth wise, with the Clippers. Right. But the, I, I feel like the Clippers, the Lakers, have the advantage because of Anthony Davis, man. They, the, yeah, the Clippers yeah. don't oh, have God. anyone to guard Anthony Davis. How could I not even mention that? Good call, bro. Anthony and, Davis was tremendous yesterday, bro. And sometimes that's all you really need, man. I mean, it might be that – it might be, like, that simple. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's just say I, we got two of the best top five players in the league. And, and we're just going to surround them with who we got, and, hey, they're, they're going to win it for us. Can I, can I throw something interesting about – because I'm glad you brought up Anthony Davis, but I want to I wanna throw something at you that, that I think you're going to be surprised by. Um, and I think you're going to appreciate it because we just, we just had a whole conversation about this, right? But – I'm going to throw a number at you, man. So, Anthony Davis had 34 points yesterday. Yep. He was 17 for 18 from the free throw line. So, he got 17. He got more. He got almost half his points from the line. Okay? 
Um, wow. And so, and so again, it goes back to the DeAndre Ayton thing. Um, Anthony Davis had 34, 8, and 4 yesterday. So he had 34, 8, and 4. Okay. Today, DeAndre had 24, 12, and 4. So DeAndre had 10 less points but four more rebounds. In a game, no way. He got no free. So I, I guess what I'm trying to hint at here is it, it just goes to show. I think this is a testament to DeAndre. It's like DeAndre Ayton, when he starts getting to the line 10 times, yeah, man, it's going to – the NBA is not going to know what hit him. They're not going to know what hit him. Um, now, you take away Anthony Davis's ability to get to the line, and I don't want to do that. It's not fair. He, he's earned the right to do that. But let's go look at, let's go look at Anthony Davis uh, year two. Let's do that. And let me and show me games where he's getting to the line seventeen times, and I think you'll be surprised. You're gonna you're not gonna see many, you know. So that's what I'm saying, man. Let Da develop. Um, but what do you think? Of, did that surprise you? Seventeen free throw attempts. That did because I, I did not. Um, I was not aware that that's how many free throw attempts he had. The thing, and you got to always remember too, is Anthony Davis is in his what eighth season. Yeah, he's a vet, man. Yeah. He's in his eighth season, man. DeAndre Ayton is in his second season. So what I don't understand is everybody's quick to to judge DA. But you guys everybody's gotta remember these like you said, let's look at let's look at uh uh Anthony Davis uh, year two, right? I, I have his numbers up right here. Um let's see, field goal attempts. Field goal percentage. He shot fifty-one percent from the field. Um, his his in his second season, uh, right? He averaged twenty points a game. Very close to what Da has. Uh, Two point eight blocks a game. Uh, one oh, man. Basketballreference.com is so yeah, they don't confusing. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Free throw attempts. All right, so he averaged six point six free throw attempts. So I'll give him that. Okay. You know, he he got to the line more often than uh, than DeAndre Ayton did. Uh, average ten rebounds a game. So they're they're other than the free throws. Other man, than the free throws, pretty, pretty close. Yeah, they're pretty, pretty close. And, and let's and let's you know let's not get it. We're not saying that you know DeAndre should never shoot free throws. You know I think that's that could definitely be improvement to his game. But I'm not going to let it be the you know the be all end all of that. So yeah, yeah, it's going to come, dude. It's going it, it, to come, man. That's it's year two. It's year two. People want him. If it's not, if it wasn't for that point guard in Dallas, man, I think people would be ecstatic about DeAndre Ayton. Um, yeah. And yeah, nobody man. wants to talk about Marvin Bagley, who can't stay on, who can't get on the court. So yeah, he, he can't stay on the court. Jan Jackson wants to shoot three pointers. And DeAndre Ayton. Somebody wrote an article the other day. Um, breakout lottery player of this bubble. Did you see that? I did see that. I think that was yeah. on. Uh, NBC Sports. NBC Sports. NBC Sports wrote an article and said that they, they thought DeAndre was going to be the breakout lottery guy in this bubble. Rightfully so. And I mean, again, today wasn't great, but if he's over these eight games, he averages 24 and 12, he will be. <laughs> if, he just, if he just does what he did today over the next eight games, you'll, he'll be the breakout guy in this bubble. Um, 24 and 12. So, yeah. Let's see what happens, brother. I'm really pumped up. Um, again, back to yesterday, man. It was nice to see LeBron and the Lakers and that environment. And uh, I can't wait, man. Hey, I'm, I'm, we're ready tonight, man. We're going to get off this pod. We're going to watch a little ball tonight. And then we got some ball tomorrow. 
We want to see Luca tonight. I'm going to scout the Mavericks tonight because that's who we got Sunday. So I'm going to make sure that game should be starting rather shortly, right? Yeah, just got a uh, alert actually that the Bucks and the Celtics are, uh, are are going down to the wire to tight one, tight at 87. So oh, I'll check out the end of that. So that's going to be a good one as well. That's not good actually for me. I'm speaking out loud right now. That's a little wager I got. Uh oh. I got, I got the Bucks to cover, and they ain't look like they ain't covering. Oh man! Hey, you know what, man? If they ever make gambling legal in Arizona, yeah, I'm I'm in trouble. Gam- uh, sports gambling, I should say. I'll I'll I'll, I'll keep you off. I you know, well, if they ever do, me and you'll be talking a lot. Cause I, I I have I have my fun with, especially during football season. I think we're gonna we're gonna do a little bit of this on the pod. Over-unders. You said it the other day. We'll do a couple over-unders. Yeah, over-unders. We're going to do a couple over-unders once they get a little bit deeper into training camp. I know they're exactly. just starting to kick off. So, uh, so yeah, man. Hopefully that all get, gets kicked off well. And hopefully uh, by the time we shoot, we uh, record our next pod, we don't hear that Major League Baseball has, has uh, canceled their season because uh, they are right on the on the edge because, you know, like you said, man, they can't get out of their own way. <sighs> I hate to say I told you so, D, right? But I've been I've been pessimistic the whole time. And then you see this report from Manfred, right? <laughs> oh, you see the report. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, he, he, let's not even talk it into existence, man. No, nope, no, nope. let's let's, just, let's, let's not just leave it alone. Um, so yeah, man. So I mean, I guess we're gonna talk Sunday after we beat Dallas. Is that the plan? Sunday after we beat Dallas. <laughs> I like it, man. I like it. I like it. You got anything else, man? Before we sign off. Nah, man, I'm good to go, brother. Love, love talking to you, man. We had a good win tonight. And again, I can't wait to talk. About 48 hours from now, we'll be talking about our second win. So let's do it. Same here, man. Same here. All right. That was our quick wrap up, wrap up of the first uh, couple of the first Suns game uh, in the seeding games and talked a little bit about opening night. So uh, other than that, man, that's, uh, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, this is Coast Coast Podcast. Uh, be good. Peace out, Planet Orange.